0: challenging men to be great men Welcome to the Great Man podcast with your host New York Times best-selling author Stephen Mansfield Gentlemen, let us begin I want to talk to you about something in this podcast that has been a motivation for men through the centuries. It's something ancient, it's something powerful, it's something human, but it has inspired men, it has aligned men, it has caused men and women, by the way, uh, to live more significant lives. All throughout history, one of the tuning forks, as Churchill once said, uh, that helped men to sort of reclaim their lives, gain clear vision, uh, live well, live deeply, is to contemplate death. I know that sounds odd, and I know it sounds a bit morbid, but one of the phrases in the ancient world that men sort of used to signing off uh, letter, letters and, and encouraging each other with was the Latin phrase "momento mori. It means remember death. All throughout human history, Uh, humankind has basically believed that the contemplation of death, the contemplation, as Morrison said, that we will, none of us are getting out of here alive, the contemplation that one day we will all be laid in the grave, we will all go on to eternity, that this life will end, causes us to consider our lives and not become morbid and, and, and depressed, but to consider what our lives, what we would like for our lives to mean By the end of our lives. In other words, that it urges a person to consider their life from the edge of the grave, so to speak. If you could look back the day before you die and you knew when you were going to die, what would you want that life to be? And so much architecture, much literature has been about this kind of consideration. Not only did the ancients use the words momento mori, and then folks in later history who uh, still had some facility with Latin would use it. They'd sign off letters. They'd title sermons, momento mori, remember death. I know I, the, the humor, of course, is that some guy says, Hey, who's Mori? But it, it means death. For, 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 you know, where you get the word mortuary and moribund and all those terms that are related to death. So remember death. Uh, if you've ever visited uh, European cathedrals, you have probably seen skulls at times built into the architecture. This was an architectural version of the same thing. It doesn't mean the demonic, it doesn't mean the, the occult. It's meant to cause men to remember death, to think on death. Where better than to? to contemplate uh, your life, the end of your life, what your life might mean at your death, than in a cathedral. So oftentimes medieval cathedrals would have skulls, even even things that look to us like skulls and crossbones of a pirate, uh, built into the actual architecture, into the walls, into the pillars. And if you ask the stewards, you ask those who are uh, staffed there what these mean, they're going to say they were meant to inspire men to consider death, to ponder their death, uh, the Bible in Ecclesiastes, for example, says, "Death is the destiny of all men, and the living should take this to heart." Death is the destiny of all men, and the living should take this to heart. Very important, but that's just a reflection of the wisdom at the time. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, written a thousand years before Christ. So that's three thousand years ago. Uh, this was uh, not just godly wisdom; it was it was wisdom that was a uh, Uh, widely accepted, at at least in the more enlightened parts of the world. Uh, Winston Churchill said, when the tones of life ring false, men should return or turn to the tuning fork of death. That just sounds crazy. What's he talking about? When life goes off the rails, when life doesn't seem to have much meaning, when life has gone astray, so to speak— that men can realign themselves by considering, like a musician consulting a tuning fork and the tuning of his instrument, that men should consider the tuning fork of death. In other words, the contemplation of death, thinking about the end of your life, thinking what you about what you want it to be, will help you align a bit. Uh, nobody uh, contemplates their life or comes to the end of their life and wishes they, they, they had been drunk more or wishes they'd abused their children more or wishes that they had watched more television or uh you know done done more damaging things normally you think hey i'd like to leave a legacy hey i'd like to have accomplished certain things hey i'd like to have said at my funeral that i was a great husband and a fine father hey i'd like to have it said that i gave birth and i helped launch uh generations of my in my family who were noble and doing good in the world and prospering and, uh walking in love walking in unity walking in a uh, whatever terms you would use righteous godly whatever terms are meaningful to you so this is what I want to urge you to do in this podcast. I, I want you to begin to consider your death. I mean, you may be listening to this. I know I've got a lot of guys in high school, love you guys. Um, you're sitting there at 16 going, what is Mansfield wanting us to do to think about our death? But first of all, a morbid thought, death can come at any time. Uh, just because you're young doesn't mean the death is that far away. We all need to think that way. And second of all, Uh, how great to be 16 and be contemplating what you want to leave in the world when you die at 80, 90, or 100. Many many of you who are 16, uh, barring any kind of disaster before then, are very likely to live into your 90s or, or past 100 because of medical advances and nutrition and health information and what have you. Well, this is fantastic. This means you can begin to consider that now. This is a good thing for those of you who care about such things. This is a godly thing. This is, again, for those of you who care about such thing, a biblical thing. And this is this is what has elicited the best uh, in men. We can read the great journals and letters of great men. And what do we find? They, say, they often will say, well, I, I want by the time I leave this life. I want by the time I shake off this khaki coil. I want said over me uh, at my funeral. I want the following things to be true. And they because it's about death and because it's not about short-term issues, uh, short-term needs, what it does is it causes us to think about the big principles of my life. Yeah, I want to pay my bills and yeah, I want to buy certain things. And yeah, I want to pay for my daughter's wedding or whatever. Um, but those aren't the things that define your whole life. What defines your whole life is uh, what kind of contribution you've made, what kind of example you've set. What kind of influence you are in the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your great children, great-grandchildren? What have you built? Uh, what, what have you done that survives you? So much of what we have to be about in this life will not survive us. I mean, I own homes. I own cars. I own books. I own clothes. Uh, you know, I own shaving equipment, athletic equipment, whatever. That stuff's not going to survive me. I mean, there might be a few pieces of furniture or something that go to my kids, but that's that stuff's going to dissipate and go away or rot, or I'm going to get rid of it before I die. But when I die, what lasts is what's written on the hearts of my children, uh, what I what I have in a sense written on the pages of history, um, how I've influenced people, how I've shaped my generation. Uh, it doesn't just mean you know foundations and monuments and words written in marble, uh, but it means the impact that you've had. So what would that be for you? What would that be for you? I mean, it might include financial things. I think that's perfectly fine. I certainly want to uh, leave a certain amount of wealth to my children and grandchildren. And, and I, Bev and I put in place now financial instruments for paying for college for goobers that were just born, you know. And so, uh, of course, that's part of what you want to accomplish. And, and, and that's part of a noble vision. But it even elevates beyond that. What does your life mean? What do you want it to be about? Beyond the job, beyond the mowing of the yard, beyond the paying for school, beyond the uh, you know what house you want to retire in and all that. Beyond that, what does your life mean, and how can you begin to live it out now? And also, by the way, one of the things that comes into real relief, or real, real uh, has kind of a light shine uh, shown upon it, um, is the difference between you and those who have come before you. Um, uh, I've told you many times in this podcast that my father was a good man, a noble man, a, a war hero, an esteemed and decorated American soldier, uh, rank, a ranking officer. Um, so I, so what I'm about to say is not true of my father. I want to make clear of that. But suppose my father had been a drunk, suppose he'd spent his life in prison, suppose he'd abused our family and we all had been estranged afterwards. Okay. That none of that's true of my father. Um, but suppose that was the case with me. Well, my contemplation of death would be that I outstrip, that I outlive, that I live down uh, that heritage, that I want to build a, a new legacy, that I want to build something new that goes forward for me, change my family history, change the, uh, the, 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 the generational, column curses, if you will, the generational negatives that maybe have been handed down. Maybe I come from a long line of alcoholics. I don't, but, but let's just say that I do, or a long line of criminals, or a long line of angry people, or a long line of failures, or whatever you want to, to label it, a long line of racists. I do have some of that in my history. Um, I have great-grandparents who were KKK. Um, so there is a little bit of that. that. That is true of my family. So how do you want to live it out? What do you want to change? What do you want to leave the next generation? How do you want to build and and it can include the the practical things. You know, I'd, I'd I'd love to fund something at some universities in my name or my wife's name or or something noble uh, that that provides scholarships or endows a chair or uh, for maybe who knows historical studies or what have you. Yeah, that's part of it. That may be part of it. It may be about financial instruments to some extent. But for a lot of us, it's about how we want to live. Um, you know, maybe when you start considering your life from the grave, you realize, you know what, I want to play a political role. If, if, if God is with me, I want to run for office. I want to be in the state legislature. I love my state, whatever it might be. And, and I want to help shape, you know, New York, or I want to help shape Wyoming, or I want to help shape, you know, Utah or whatever. You want to, you want to play that kind of role. Or you, or you realize that you really want to do some major things financially. Maybe you're from an impoverished part of the country or an impoverished family, but you've really had some success. You decide, I want to have even more success. I want to fund scholarships. I want to help rebuild schools. I want to fund parks. I want to put money into noble causes. Maybe it, maybe it is largely financial for you, but it's still about living out some kind of higher values. So what I want you to do is listen to the counsel of the ages. This is just something you do on your own. Then you talk to your friends, you talk to your spouse, you, you, you take counsel with those you value, maybe parents if they're alive or, or, or whoever is significant in your life. Momento mori, consider your death. For all of us, we know it, it can happen at any time, but statistically, especially if you're living in a relatively safe country in the West, the likelihood is. That you're going to live to an old age. I've said many times in this podcast that what's going to shock a lot of people, especially a lot of men, uh, is is how old they're going to be, how long they're going to live. I mean, that's a blessing, but for people who are thinking about retiring at 62, you know, and and, and living on welfare or, or whatever they've saved, it's going to be a real shock when they live to 102. And I don't, of course, want to see them spend 40 years you know, basically rocking away on the front porch, not doing anything significant. I think those latter years can be amazingly strategic and significant. But the issue is that you think about what you want to live for. What are the higher values you want to live for? What do you want your life to mean? It's basically a way to force the question of destiny to the fore. We all want to have food. We all want to have decent houses. We all want to have cars. We all want to protect our children. We all want to pay for their education. Those things are kind of given. It's okay to put them on a list. But the main, the main issue, the big issues are, what am I made for? What purposes are I meant to, to accomplish? Am I meant to accomplish? Um, what do I want set over me at my funeral? And I, you know, yes, uh, Stephen Mansfield was a good father, and and here's what he, what he fed and funded and and coached and set an example for in the generations that followed him, or he was a good husband, or, or he impacted certain nations, or his books did such and such. I mean, that's just a little bit of what's on my list. But I'm not going to tell you all here, but but all that to say, what is it for you? What is it for you? What are you outstripping? What are you living for? What do you feel called to? What do you feel made for? What do you want said at that time? Maybe it's the opposite of what was said over your ancestors. Okay, fine. Break, break out new history. But contemplating your death, re- to, uh, attending to the tuning fork of death, as Churchill said, uh, looking uh, into the skull, so to speak, uh, into images of skulls. I don't necessarily mean literally, but at least in your mind. Uh, considering the possibility of your death and what you want your life to mean. This can ennoble you. This can elevate you. I urge you to do it no matter what your age, no matter what your religion, no matter what nation you're in is listening to this. I'm grateful I've got listeners all over the world, but in your context, just take some time in this next week, pull aside, do whatever you do, sit over a coffee, sit over a glass of wine, whatever, go for a walk, go for a run, take some weeks with it and ponder your death. And don't let it all get morbid and dark, but ponder your death from the standpoint of a life that will be celebrated at its end. What should it be celebrated for? And how can you begin to build that life now? This is one of the arts of being a great man. To join the great man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv you'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men Mansfield's book of manly men and building your band of brothers as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man the great man podcast is a Mansfield group production